Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mount Perrin North Canton Campus. It's a joy to see you. It's a joy for me to be back with you at Canton Campus. I haven't been here for a couple of three weeks. I missed you. Did you miss me? Great. Five people missed me. That's awesome. How's that for getting a cheap uh, uh, applause? It's good to be back with you. My name is uh, Mark Walker. For those of you I've not had the opportunity of, of meeting, I'm the senior pastor of Mount Perrin North Marietta and Canton campuses, and it is good to see you today. We welcome each and every one of you. Jeremy Isaacs, our, camp, uh, our campus pastor, may have told you a couple of weeks ago, for those of you that attend Canton regularly, that uh, because of the success of our Canton campus, we're about six months old now, that the need for me to be here every other week really isn't there. And, and you probably didn't need me here every other week anyway. I felt the need to have to be here, but things are going so well under the leadership of Pastor Jeremy and the staff and all of the wonderful serving teams that we have that I don't see the need to have to be here every other week. And uh, so I'm going to be hanging out at the Marietta campus a little more. You're going to see me about once a month here at the Canton campus, at least for now. If I miss you too badly, then I'm going to get back here on a more regular basis. If you happen to have a Bible with you, I encourage you turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans is in the New Testament. It's the sixth book of the New Testament, if I counted correctly. It's right after the book of Acts. It is right before the book of 1 Corinthians. The scriptures we'll be looking at will be on the screen. So if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. You'll be able to follow along. This morning, we're starting a brand new series entitled Recharge. I mean, here we are in the middle of the summer, the dog days of the summer. And maybe we need a little bit of a recharge. We need a recharge of this air conditioning. I know that. We need a little recharge in our lives to get us through the rest of the summer. And this morning, we're going to be talking about our thought lives. Next week, we'll be talking about our priorities. Two weeks, we'll be talking about relationships. And then we'll close out at the end of uh, July with this series, talking about the Holy Spirit. In fact, we'll be talking about the Holy Spirit throughout this series because really without the Holy Spirit, there really is no way to have a, a relationship with God and to really have a walk with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is very key to all of that. This morning we want to talk about our minds. The Apostle Paul wrote the book of Romans, the letter of Romans, is to the church in Rome. Now this is at the height of the Roman Empire. Rome is the seat of the Roman Empire. There's a lot of paganism and occultism and a secularism that is coming out of this city. And the people of God, the church, they're having to battle those images and those messages. And so Paul talks about our minds. And just looking at verse 2. Of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we'll look at that together. It simply says this. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you're here we thank you that you're faithful to meet with us when we gather in your name. We ask you now to help us truly hear what you're having to say to us. Father, enable me to share this the way you want it shared. I'm not here to perform. I'm simply here to be your, your voice, if you will, just to bring your truths and your word to us today. May it truly touch our hearts and really begin to make us into a transformed mind. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. About five or six years ago, my wife, Udella, and I had the opportunity to go to South Africa 
for the first time to visit one of our missionaries, Milan Molman. Now, since that time, I've had the opportunity of going over there three or four times, but this is our first time to be there. And during our missionary work there, we had an opportunity to participate in a game drive at a 35,000 acre private game reserve. Now, going on these game drives, you go in open-air jeeps out into the natural habitat of these jungle animals. They're not tamed. They're not caged. You know, they aren't circus animals. They are out there in their natural environment. You drive up in these open jeeps as close as you can get to them and observe them in their natural habitat. Now, the the main attraction of this particular game reserve was a, 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 a lion, a male lion, the king of the beast. His name was Zero, and he was known... All throughout that area of his strength, his prowess, his beauty. He was a magnificent animal. In fact, here's a picture of him right here. This is Zero. I took that picture last year. I'm only about 20 or 30 feet away from him. But he was the big deal. But he's hard to find sometimes. Because he gets deep into the bush area where you can't get to. And he'll disappear in there for two or three days. Well, on this particular game drive, he had not been seen for a couple of days. Weren't sure we were going to see him. They found him deep in the bush, but we could get to him. So we decided to off-road to go find him. Now, to off-road, really, the main main road was an off-road. To off-road, the main road is to off-road, off-road. And we're having to go through all these different branches and vines and thorns. And we're driving around stumps and down through ditches. And they're telling us, you can't touch that vine. You can't touch that branch. Be careful of those thorns you're having to duck because they're poisonous. And we're going through all this dangerous environment to get to an animal that could kill you. It was awesome. Now, my wife, on the other hand, wasn't having anything to do with this. She was telling the driver, look, you're going the wrong way. Let's get back on the road. I don't want to do this. This is stupid. She's saying, where is Bambi and all the little furry animals we can go see? Man, I was loving every minute of it. And we finally get to zero. And he had been back in the bush. He had killed a giraffe, he and his son. And for two days, they had been gorging on giraffe meat. And he was passed out on the ground. So full. It's just like you and I after Thanksgiving dinner. He couldn't move. And we got right up to him and we got up to him on my wife's side of the Jeep. It was great. She she never had gotten that close to me in our 20 plus years of marriage at that time. It was awesome. And there he was, man. And I had, I wanted to get a picture. I stood up in the Jeep, which is totally taboo, man. The drivers are yelling at me to sit down, but no, I wanted zero to know I was there taking his picture. My wife was threatening divorce. She was actually threatening murder. She was going to push me out of the Jeep and leave me there. See, for me, we couldn't get close enough. For her, we got way too close. For me, you know, this was Disney World on steroids. For her, this was Jurassic Park in the flesh. For me, I wanted to hang out there all day. For her, we couldn't get out of there fast enough. For me, it was just total exhilaration and excitement. For her, sheer terror. Why? How can two people... Be a part of the same situation and circumstance. Zero wasn't doing anything different to her than he was doing to me. But how can two people in the same situation have two completely different emotional behavioral responses? It's not because of the situation. But I believe it's because of what we believed about the situation. It was because of our thinking. You see, I believed the guide when he said Zero was so full of giraffe, there was no way he could attack us. He couldn't eat another thing. 
Udella, on the other hand, said, I don't care how much giraffe is in that lion. I believe there's enough room for a Udella in there as well. See, the situation we find ourselves in does not cause the emotional behavioral response. A does not cause C. What we think about it, what we believe about it, creates our emotional and behavioral responses. You see, right here, this is where life is either made or life is lost. Right here in our thinking, this is the battleground. This is the playing field. It's our thinking process. This is where it happens. This is where we get our view of God, our view of life, our view of self, our view of others, our view of our circumstances that we find that we find ourselves in. It's what happens in our thinking. That's why Paul says we need to have a renewed mind. Now, if you and I, I believe, were to monitor our thought life for an entire day, and if we just set an alarm for every 15 minutes that that alarm would go off, then we would just take a couple of minutes and just sort of look back and monitor our thinking in that 15-minute period. Just look at the patterns of our thinking. Look at the, the themes and the thoughts that prevailed and, 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 um, and dominated our thought life. What might we find? What might we find? What might be the themes and the patterns of our thought lives in a given day if we really took time to monitor. I believe we might find three different types of thought lives, or at least maybe a combination. One type of thought life I think we might find, we might find an inflated thought life. This is the thought life that says, I'm the only one that counts. I mean, every one of us have that, that self-centered, self-absorbed, selfish tendency to make everything about us. That we view everything from, how is it going to affect me? What's in it for me? What, what's this going to do to me? What do I get out of this? You know, we have all, you know, there's people that you've been in those groups of people where you're having a conversation and there's that one person there that's always going to bring the conversation back to themselves. It's always going to be about them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, those types of people, if you're sitting there thinking right now, I don't know anybody like that. Guess what? You're that person. This inflated view that we're, they come and have good experiences they really can't appreciate them and enjoy them because they think, you know what? It should have been better. Is it going to be better next time? And God forbid, through the inflated thought life, that somebody else might have something good happen to them and it not happen to me. How dare they have something happen to them and not to me? The inflated thought life says, you know what? Nothing bad should ever happen to me. If it does, I didn't deserve it. And boy, if something else bad, if something bad happens to somebody else, that inflated law thought life tends to go, you know what? They, they probably deserve that. There's a really judgmental, critical part of the inflated thought life. See, the inflated thought life right now is saying, you know what? Air conditioning should never go out on me. I should never be uncomfortable when there should be air conditioning. Why didn't they find somebody to fix it? Better yet, let's find the person that messed it up and kill them right now. This inflated thought life. But then there's this other part of a thought life called the deflated thought life. This isn't the thought life that says, I'm the only one that counts. This is the one that says, I never count. This comes out of this self-defeating, self-depreciating, self-devaluing sense. This, this low sense of self-worth and value and importance. This is the person that over-apologizes. This is a person that, that apologizes for simply being within your personal airspace. They, they apologize for just existing. 
This is the type of person that can't receive a compliment. This is the type of person that you say thank you to them and they'll immediately deflect it or make an excuse about it. This is the type of thought life that says, man, if something good happens to me, it was a mistake. It never should have happened. Something went wrong. When something bad happens to them, they're the ones that say, well, that's, that's my life. It's, it's par for the course. You know, the self-defeated thought life is saying right now, it's my fault there's no air conditioning in this room right now. If they ever find out, I'm dead. And see, this inflated thought life and this deflated thought life really come from the same place. It's just a matter of which direction we're going to go. It can come from fear. It can come from insecurity. It can come from worry. It can come from anger. It can come from anxiety. It's just a matter of which direction we're going to go. But those are both debilitating types of thought lives. But there's a third thought life that I believe God has designed for us. And we might call that the liberated thought life. Liberated from an inflated thought life and from a deflated thought life. The liberated thought life says, you know what? You count and I count. You know what? You're important, but I'm equally important. You know what? I'm valuable, but you're equally valuable. You know what? You have worth, but guess what? I'm equally worthwhile. I have worth as well. This is the type of, of, of thinking that is able to see things in a balanced way. When good things happen, liberated th- thought lives go, man, I'm, I thank God for that. I'm grateful for the good thing that's happened. When a good thing happens in somebody else's life, the liberated thought life can say, you know what? I sincerely rejoice with that person. I am glad that that person had something good happen to them. When something bad happens in the liberated thought life, if, if, if I didn't deserve it, the liberated thought life says, you know what? I may not have deserved that. I don't like that. But the liberated thought life is going to deal with it. They're not going to get bitter and resentful and cynical. They're going to deal with it and they're going to move on. If I deserve something bad, the liberated thought life is going to go, you know what? I got to learn from that. I see my mistake. I see that. No blaming goes on. You see, the liberated thought life, man, that's where it's wholesome. That's where it's healthy. That's the thought life God has for each and every one of us. And Paul picks up on this, I believe, in Romans 12. If you look at verse 3, Paul talks about this type of thinking. He says this. He says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Look at what he didn't say. He didn't say don't think of yourself. He said don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Think of yourself with a sound mind, with a a real sound balanced mind. And that balanced sound mind comes from the faith we have in God. If we're really going to have a liberated mind to see things the way they really are, we got to get a hold of God, God's mindset. It's in the Lord. It's in him. It's through that lens of God that we're able to really see what life is all about. We're able to see people for who they really are. We're able to really have the right perspective on what life is all about in this growing faith life with God. Paul says this type of mind comes from a transformed mind. Look at verse 2 again with me, please. Verse 2 of chapter 12 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. What's the first thing he said? Don't conform any longer to the patterns of the world. What are the patterns of the world? Well, the patterns of the world all appeal 
to the deflated, inflated thought life. All of our media, all advertising, all commercials, they're appealing to the deflated, inflated thought life. Every one of them basically says, you know what? You're going to be this deflated person unless you drink this or drive this or wear this or live here or look like this or associate with that person or do this. If you'll do those things, you'll go from this deflated nobody to this inflated better than everybody. All of the images, all the message of our culture are bombarding that deflated, inflated thought life. And Paul's saying, hey, let's don't conform to that type of lifestyle, not to mention our own dysfunctional thinking that we have out of our own upbringing. I mean, everybody in this room is dysfunctional. I don't care how great your family was growing up. It was dysfunctional. Why? Because of sin. Everybody's been touched by sin. The sin we've done, the sin that people's done to us. Everybody's dysfunctional. Look at your neighbor and say you're dysfunctional. That's the first time some of you spouses have talked to each other all week long. Every one of us are. Some of us come out of alcoholic homes. Some of us come out of addictive homes. Some of us come out of abusive homes. Some come of, of us come out of non-affectionate homes. Some of us come out of highly competitive homes. Some of us come out of enabling homes. Some of us come out of homes where yelling was the primary way of communicating. Just blasting one another was just the primary way of communicating. Some of us come out of homes where, man, you never raised your voice because you never talked to anybody. Every one of us have this dysfunctional thinking that feeds into this deflated, inflated style of life. And Paul's saying, hey, let's don't conform there anymore. There's a transformation that can happen. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transform is where we get the word metamorphosis from. Metamorphosis means to be changed completely from the inside out. And the primary place of metamorphosis that we're familiar with is where the caterpillar changes into a butterfly. I mean, the caterpillar is this ugly, fuzzy worm that nobody really gives a rip about. It's just ugly and on the ground, you don't really see it. And it transforms into this beautiful, glorious, glamorous butterfly that flits and flutters and has all these beautiful colors. And man, that's what we see. But it has this total, complete transformation that occurs. And that's what Paul's talking about. We can change whatever our mindset is. Wherever our mindset is debilitating our lives for whatever reasons in Jesus Christ, in God, in the Lord, by the Spirit, our minds can be completely changed into a liberated, freed thinking. Now, when we talk about this idea of transformed, it really means this. It means an instantaneous process. Say that with me instantaneous process one more time instantaneous process that makes no sense instantaneous means change that happens instantly process means a series of change over a period of time well how can something change instantly but also change through a series of changes well when we talk about coming to the lord when a person makes a decision to follow christ when a person says you know what i need jesus christ to be the leader of my life. I need him to forgive me. I need him to lead and guide my life. When man, someone makes that sincere decision, let me tell you what happens. Instantly, our sins are forgiven. Instantly, 
We have eternal life instantly. We have the very nature of Jesus Christ that comes into our lives instantly. We become a part of this body called the church instantly. God, by the Holy Spirit, comes and brings all of that into our lives. The only way we can have God... The only way we can have what Jesus Christ has to offer and have his nature in our lives is by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is God. God exists, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Not three gods, one God, three distinct persons. One of those distinct persons is the Holy Spirit. He's co-equal, co-eternal, co-existent with God. He is God himself. And when we choose to follow Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and instantly... Gives us the nature of Jesus Christ. But now, to really transform into all that God has for us. To really live and learn and, and think in this liberated mind. That's an ongoing, developmental, eternal life process. I have it all instantly. But now i got to grow. i got to mature in all that God brings to me. In Jesus Christ. I have a seven-month-old granddaughter. Her name is Kennedy. She's seven months old. When she was born seven months ago, she had everything she needed to be a fully mature adult. She had everything she needed. But she wasn't a fully mature adult. Why? Because she's got to develop. She's got to grow. She's got to mature. She's seven months now. She's seven months maturer than she was when she was born seven months ago. It's the same with us. And this transforming process takes time. That's why it's a relationship with God. When we talk about walk in the Spirit, when we talk about live in the Spirit, when we talk about being filled with the Spirit, we're talking about maturing, growing, and developing in God with the very mindset of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul talks about this in Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 12 and verse 15. Look at what he says here. This is very, very important. He says, the Spirit searches all things. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God, his mindset, his thinking, except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, the patterns of the world Paul wrote about in Romans 12 too. But the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, big S, is from God. That we may understand what God has freely given us. And then all the way down to verse 15, look what it says. But we have the mind of Christ. Read that last sentence with me. Read it out loud. But we have the mind of Christ. One more time. But we have the mind of Christ. Man, when we choose to follow God in Christ, the Holy Spirit brings to us the mind of Jesus that we can look at our past and our present and our future. We can look at the things around us, circumstances and situations. We can look at others and ourselves and God with the very same view, the liberated view of Jesus Christ. So when we're talking about this instantaneous process. Maybe this is the way we can say this. We can say it this way. About a liberated thought life. A liberated thought life is an instantaneous process of identifying dysfunctional thoughts and replacing them with God's truth. You see, God's word, that's his mindset. 
God's word. That's his thoughts. God's word. That's his liberated mind that he wants to put in us. And this transformational process is the identification of this dysfunctional thinking, the the, the deflated and inflated thought life, replacing those things with the truths and the very mind and the will of God as the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. I want you to see a video. It's about a two and a half minute video of a little girl. She's reading her Bible with her dad. I I don't know how old this little girl, this is a YouTube video. She may be... She can read, so how old do you have to be to read? She's five, six years old. She's reading the Bible. Listen to this conversation that she has about the Bible and Jesus and herself because she gets it. She's getting this liberated, transformational mind. Let's show that video, guys, if you would, please. Where's Jesus? As Jesus grew up, he learned more and more about God. His Jesus is God. How can he learn more and more about himself? Because Jesus is God. That's a great question, then. So how can he learn more and more about himself? Because it said, Jesus grew up. He learned more and more about God, his Father. Well, because when Jesus came down to earth... Mm-hmm. Um, he grew up as a regular human being, too. So he would read the, the Bible and that kind of thing. So he would learn more and more about himself? Mm-hmm. By reading the Bible? Mm-hmm. I learned more, more and more about um, myself sometimes. By reading the Bible? <laughs> no, just um, when mom. Well, I can do that by reading the Bible. That's true. Because I can, I can say what people, other people do, and then I, and then make I do that too. So I can learn to. Can you give me an example of somebody that you do some, that would be good for you to do what they do? Two people. Who? Jamie and Harper. Oh, Jamie and Harper. Well, that's good. But what about people in the Bible? I mean, um, Joshua. Why Joshua? What did he do? He obeyed God. He did obey God, didn't he? And he listened to God. Sometimes I listen and obey him. You don't obey him all the time? No. Why? People never obey God all the time. They don't? No. Why not? They always have problems by themselves, even with grown-ups. Really? Yeah. But does God love us anyway? Are you videotaping me? Is that girl unreal or what? Man, but could you, could you just see this liberated mind forming? Could you just see how that was happening? I mean, she got it. I discover who I am through what God says. I understand what, 
liberated thinking is through what he says. I mean, whatever God said to Joshua, whatever he said to Abraham, whatever he said to Moses, whatever he said to David, whatever he said to the prophets, whatever he said to the disciples, whoever he's talking to in that word, he's talking to me. And man, you talk about dysfunctional people. You want to read a dysfunctional group of people, read the Bible. Those guys were messed up from A to Z. But as they encounter God, that begins to transform. And that's God's word speaking to us. But I loved it. Did you see that little liberated mind that was forming, but then all of a sudden shifted to that inflated mind? Are you videotaping me? Let me leave you with this. I want to leave you with an acrostic. It's the word renew. Because Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that process. Let me leave this with you very quickly. The word renew, the letter R means rely on the Holy Spirit. Rely on the Spirit. What I mean by rely on the Spirit, I mean every day have the conscious awareness of the presence of God by His Spirit is with us. That he wants to engage and be involved in our thought processes. That he wants to help us with our liberated thing. And he wants to help us to make the right decisions in our work, in our homes, with our kids, with our spouses, whatever. That I take time throughout the day just to say, thank you for being with me, God. Show me. Holy Spirit, help me to see. But I rely on the Holy Spirit. That conscious awareness daily of his presence. The letter E, the letter E is the idea of examine my thoughts. Examine my thoughts that I allow the Holy Spirit access to my mind that I allow him to really take a look at my thoughts. Where's my dysfunctional thinking? Where am I find myself deflated or inflated in my thinking? Where do I need to become more liberated in my thinking? Let the Holy Spirit help me examine my thoughts. A part of that is through the word of God. A part of that is just taking time to get quiet with him. What and look at my thought. What am I allowing my mind to think on? What are the primary things that I think on and I read or I watch? How is that influencing my mind? Rely on the Holy Spirit. Examine my thoughts. We're going to skip the letter N and go to the next E. I'll come back to N. The next E means to expect a fight. Expect a fight. Listen, you and I have an enemy. And our enemy does not want us to get into whole healthy thinking. He wants us to stay either deflated or inflated in our thinking. He doesn't care which one. But we have an enemy that doesn't want to get our thinking right. Because when we start getting liberated in our minds, when the Lord really starts becoming the lords of our thought lives, man, the enemy no longer has us. We have defeated him. He's no longer defeating us. So when you begin to do this, as you pursue the Lord and the changing of your thinking, a renewal of your mind, expect the enemy to attack. Do not be caught off guard by that. But I want you to know by the power of the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome the enemy, and that leads to the word, the, the letter W, which means walk in God's truth. As we just saw with the little girl, and we've talked about, let the truth of God, His word, those are His thoughts, let that begin to transform my thinking. As I allow the Holy Spirit daily, acknowledge Him, allow Him to look at my thoughts and reveal where I'm deflated and inflated. And by his truth, begin to get transformed in my mind. Expect the enemy to fight, to come against us. But by the power of God, I can overcome. And let her in, never quit. Say that with me. Never quit. 
going to invite the band to come up right now. Because you see, this is a process. Whatever you came out of in your background of your life, that's deeply embedded in who you are. Whatever kind of dysfunction we find ourselves operating in, it's not going to... We're not going to come out of that easily sometimes. And let me tell you, when you start really taking this serious, when we really start taking it serious about a, a new mind, we're going to do it well sometimes, but sometimes we're going to trip and fall. Hey, look, you trip and fall, get back up. Don't quit. You may say, Pastor Mark, you know what? I've gotten up so many times and I've been knocked down so many times. I don't care. Get back up. God is still on the throne. God hasn't given up on you. He hasn't counted anybody out. And you may be scared to start. You may be saying, you know what? I don't, I don't know. I've been so deflated in my thinking. I've been so inflated in my thinking. I don't, I don't think I can change. I'm afraid to fail. Oh, That's why we have a savior. <laughs> he saves failures. Every person in here is a failure. I encourage you, start. And wherever you are, don't quit. There's a man by the name of Harold Abrams. He was an Olympic runner for England back in the 1940s. How many of you remember the movie Chariots of Fire? Came out 150 years ago. Well, that movie, a part of that movie was about him and another person by the name of Eric Little. And Harold Abrams was a Jewish man and how he and Eric Little became friends. It sort of told both of their stories. Well, Harold Abrams was this amazing runner and he didn't like to lose and he very seldom lost, especially when he got up into the collegiate ranks and he was trying out for the Olympics. Man, he never lost. He was the big expected winner. Everybody thought, this guy is going to make it. The first heat he ran in the Olympics, he lost badly. And man, it devastated him. And there's a great scene in the movie. Where he and his fiance are sitting up in the stands of the arena after the race. And nobody's there but those two. And he's lamenting to her. He's saying, I, I, I'm not going to run. He was just devastated. And finally he looked at his fiance and he says, if I can't win, I won't run. And in a stroke of genius and wisdom, his fiance looked at him and said, Harold, however, if you don't run... You can't win. You got to get up and you got to start moving forward. Never quit. God has a liberated mind for all of us. The very mind of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Father God, I thank you and I praise you and I glorify you that you don't leave us to die or to just be debilitated by our thinking. That God, you don't leave us to be beaten up and 
wounded or deceived within our minds that you have come to us to give us wholesome, healthy, godly, pure, righteous, victorious, productive, hopeful, joyful, overcoming, triumphant, victorious thought lives. The very thought life of your son, Jesus Christ. I pray for every one of us in this room. The depressed. The broken. The fearful. The angry. The bitter. The resentful. The worried. The jealous. The envious. The one that just feels like an absolute failure. To the one who feels like they have no need of you. Wherever we are, God, help us to see you are there. You are there to do in us what needs to be done. I pray for every husband. I pray for every wife. I pray for every dad. I pray for every mom. I pray for every son. I pray for every daughter. I pray for every business person. I pray for every educational leader. I pray for every governmental leader. I pray for every person, no matter who we are, what we are, what we came in here with. Today is a new day in you. Spirit of God, give us just a great sense of courage. The willingness to step forward no matter how many times we faltered. That our minds might be the very minds of your son Jesus Christ. Whole, complete, and brand new. For one purpose, your praise, your glory, and your honor. Be the center of all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Nothing else matters